We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. BMS and Beamer here with you on WBEN and uh, Joe. It's I can't believe we've been doing this show for what a couple months, couple months now, and uh, finally, yes, we have an excuse to do a uh, a stadium show. Stadium show. This is one of my favorite topics. And Brian, <laughs> I can't remember if we agree on this topic or not, uh, but the stadium, the arena, in the news again. I don't. I go like so many different ways on this topic that it's you know I I I love a few things about it. One that our excuse for doing a stadium show is this statement that came out yesterday from the it's representatives from Pagula Sports and Entertainment met earlier today with officials from New York State and Erie County at Highmark Stadium. The objective of the meeting was to outline a plan based on a study with regard to a future stadium. Uh, there's there's nothing to this statement. The no. statement is, we have talked about some of the talks that are eventually going to happen about a new stadium. I mean, there's no real breaking news here. I would imagine they've talked about this topic before, but it's still a great excuse to uh, do a stadium show, Joe. It is such a simple statement. Before the show, I asked you, uh, so what else instead yeah. of a statement? Because I usually miss something. So I, I asked Brian, what else do I need to look into here? And Brian goes, no, that's that's literally it, that that's statement. It. That's, uh, that's basically what's going on. But, no, it brings up uh, all of the different, you know, uh, to build a new stadium, to not build a new stadium, to, um, you know, do you like it in Orchard Park? Would you like a downtown stadium? Um, should there be anything done at all? Um, if there is a new stadium, do you want a cover on it? Do you want an open air um, and then, of course, the other thing was, and arena projects, three words in there, um, <laughs> arena included two. That part actually got me a little excited. So we're not just talking about the stadium. We're talking about the arena downtown as well, which I, I know we're going to get into in a little bit. Uh, both of us kind of have our opinions on that. Yeah, the, the arena is really starting to look outdated. Um, can't wait to tell you what I think of the arena yeah. and the stadium and to talk with you as well. Uh, but first, to help us kick off this discussion, I'm, I'm really excited because this is one of my, uh, you know, one of the books I've read in recent years that has kind of entertained me throughout and I've really loved. Stefan Szymanski, co-author of Soccernomics and uh, several other books as well. Uh, he is our guest this morning. Uh, Stefan, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, good morning. Pleasure to be with you. Now, you might be wondering... Why we're talking to the author of a soccer book, uh, especially when talking about a football stadium here. 
But there is a, a really interesting chapter in that uh, book, Soccernomics, on building stadiums and that cost-benefit equation. You know, many people are now quick to point out that you know a new stadium building it in an area isn't going to rescue some struggling area. But there's many other ways to kind of look into. Uh, that equation and what it does bring. And Stefan, you looked at this, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a little while since I read that, but this was more in the lines of uh, talking about new facilities for like the Olympics or the World Cup or a a big championship event. That's right. And this is based on some research I did back in the, uh, back in 2010 or so, uh, with a colleague, George Kovetsos, uh from London University. And what we did was we looked at major events that were uh, hosted uh, for the, uh, the European Soccer Championship, which is actually the second biggest soccer competition in the world. So it's a pretty big deal in Europe. And for this event, typically uh, governments will put money into renovating stadiums in order to uh, make the in order to win the event in the first place. And we we looked at what happened in Europe. There's a there's a, a survey, an annual uh, a monthly survey that's carried out of basically basically just asking people how happy do you feel. And the, we looked at this this data from this survey, and it's been running for 30 years or so, so it's a, it's a very long run of data. And we looked to say, well, how did, 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 was there any change after, in countries after they hosted a, this soccer championship? And lo and behold, there was. There was a significant uptick in happiness in pretty much every country immediately after hosting these events. Not in the countries that didn't host it, and not even in the countries that actually won the championship. It wasn't the the, the, the competition. It was the hosting that seemed to be having this effect. And that led us to, to sort of conclude that there is a, a significant happiness dimension to having these new stadiums which can host these big events. I, that is my favorite kind of way that uh, of looking at this now when we're talking about the stadium. And, you know, it's a whole other topic when you bring into the discussion, well, does the team move if you don't bring a new stadium? And uh, all of that we can get into a little bit later on. But just that there really aren't that many things you can spend public money on that will genu- genuinely make people happy. And I've covered a lot of uh, whether it's a city, a state, a county budget here, and I, these things are pretty thick. And I, rem, I look at the thing every year, and I, I mean, I don't read every page because it's, there's a lot of pages. Uh, but I look at it and say, like, man, I mean, that's a lot of stuff in there. I, I bet you I don't care about most of it. But I tell you what I do care about, and that's my football team. And I, if we're going to spend a little money on that, I don't know if I – I really have that big of a problem with it anymore. But that that idea that you can spend money on something that will make people happy, it's almost novel. Well, I, I think the big issue for Buffalo here, though, and this is this is the, the sort of the elephant in the room, is what happens if um, the team doesn't get a new stadium, if the city and the state are not prepared to put the money up, um, there have been suggestions in the media that uh, there is a risk that the team might leave town. And that, that, I think, is the real issue. How much happiness would you lose in Buffalo if you lost the team? And that is somehow 
a measure of how much uh, value and how much the the the, the, the city and the uh, the county and state should be willing to invest in this. Now, I happen to think that this is completely unfair because this amounts to a form of blackmail. But I mean, it is a very real threat, and I think the happiness dimension of that is the way you need to think about it. Yeah, just look at how miserable people in Oakland are. And they lost the uh, Warriors, they lost their football team, and now they're about to lose their baseball team because of a stadium. Yeah, although, you know, again, one of the things is once you start to think of this in terms of happiness, then it's not enough to say, well, we think there could be happiness involved. I mean, uh, we did this study based on European data. I've also, in the last couple of years, uh, we published, uh, published with some other colleagues another study which looked at the London Olympics in 2012. And we did quite a detailed analysis survey of individuals in, in London, Paris, and Berlin in 2011, 12, and 13 to see if there was any measurable change in happiness that you could associate with London uh, during the Olympics. And, and again, strikingly, there was. There was, a, there, was a, there was a measurable jump in happiness. But the question, again, the, the question, the economic question is going to be, how much are you prepared to spend to achieve that level of happiness? And after all, there are other ways to make people happy. So you've got to start thinking about, well, what are the menu of options we have as governments to make people happy? And is the stadium the best choice on the menu for, for our citizens? But we could also look at, okay, the money we spent on a stadium, maybe on a stadium and a arena, the happiness level. Don't happy people also spend money? And wouldn't that also be a boost in the economy around where they put the stadium? Well, I now I, I haven't done any research on that. And that it, it's possibly true. Of course, I mean, you know, uh, there, there, are, there are different versions of thinking of that. We spend money to become happy, don't we? But once we are happy, do we spend more of yeah, that's a very interesting hypothesis. Uh, there might be something in the psychology literature on that, but I, I have to confess I'm not familiar with any particular results on that. I actually, I almost feel like with myself the opposite might be true. If I'm unhappy, I spend money. And just trying to, you know, let's reverse the trend, get something new in here, freshen it up. I um, uh, Again, we're talking with Stefan Szymanski. He's co-author of uh, Soccernomics, plenty of other books. I actually think part of the argument here when you're talking about a new stadium and, and we're looking at that, uh, it, it goes to something you touched on in uh, a different one of your books, uh, Fans of the World Unite. Um, and one of the ideas there is something I love. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And we see over in uh, other countries, they're trying to do actually the reverse of it. Uh, didn't work out with that European Super League. But, you know, this idea that team owners should not own sports leagues. You know, they own the team, but they shouldn't necessarily have an ownership stake in the league that they're part of. I mean, it would be one thing if we're here in Buffalo and we're talking that the Bills need a new stadium so that we can raise prices so it can afford to keep Josh Allen and sign him to a big new contract and uh, make the team better on the field. But, you know, the team is doing just fine. Uh, They're going to continue to make money with the revenue sharing that they have in the league and that they're part of the league. They can spend to a salary cap and – you know, I don't really need to spend an extra $20 a game for a cup holder and a nicer seat. The bleachers do just fine for me. I, I mean, th- that kind of is uh, a little bit of something different that we have over here in the U.S. that it does kind of play a role into maybe people's aversion to spending money on this. Yeah, and I think, well, what I, you know, what I think the big 
problem ultimately with the NFL is um, there are more cities than one teams than there are franchises available. And that's what leads to this, um, this kind of economic system of blackmail, which we see being played out over and over again. And it's really victimizing some cities. So um, uh, here in Michigan, you know, we see the same thing in, in Detroit, uh, where um, we, we've seen, um, we, we've seen you know, large subsidies extracted to build new stadiums downtown, which, you know, uh, a, 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 a city that is not particularly rich can, can, can ill afford. And, and, and the, the, now, the question of how you can get around that is, 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 I think, is a really interesting question. And what I would say is that there's a, there's a way to do that without, um, which is to adopt something that, that they have in Europe, which is the system of promotion and relegation. So you could have minor league football teams that would compete at a second level. And then each year, the best performing teams in that minor league could be promoted to play to play in the NFL. And then the worst performing teams would get relegated. And that would provide owners with the right incentives to make sure that their teams were successful because the owners wouldn't want to get relegated. And it would enable um, uh, cities which are currently excluded from the system to have a chance to rise up and compete. And it would leave people without this sense of, oh, my God, you know, it's either give them everything that they want or we lose everything. This kind of either-or situation that, that you live with that, that creates, again, a lot of, I would say, unhappiness amongst American sports fans. Yeah, I, it's, I love the idea. I think it's a pipe dream, um, you know, over here when we're talking about this. I, I do, before we let you go, I want to ask you, because you are based in Michigan, um, and you mentioned Detroit. They did just build a brand new hockey arena there that, I mean, everyone who goes, I have not been yet, um, but everyone describes it as like this palace, that Little Caesars Arena in uh, Detroit where the Red Wings play, and I know there's a lot of other events that go there. What uh, difference has that made for the area, having this, you know, uh, going from basically an old, uh, you know, rundown, one of the oldest facilities to this new palace-like, um, state-of-the-art arena. Uh, what differences ha- has it made? Well, I, so, as you say, it is a, a wonderful facility. I've, I've been there a few times, and uh, the, the, it's not just the Red Wings, the Pistons play there now as well. So, uh, in downtown Detroit, we have all four major league teams playing within walking distance of each other, because you've got Comerica Park and Ford Field just around the corner as well. And there's no, there's no question that the downtown of Detroit has been significantly reinvigorated in the last 10 years or so. And, and it's really a very fine place to go spend time, um, uh, you know, for, uh, regardless of, of sports. But, and the, but the, obviously, clearly, the sports are, are, are a big part of it. The problem is, is that the the as far as the city is concerned, um, this perhaps has brought some benefit down to that local area, but there are still large areas of the city which are need need investment and where you know the the social problems, the problems of getting the education system working, um, putting up the streetlights and getting everything going are, are significant. And so again, it's a question of diverting money into this. Uh, um, it's certainly great to have the facilities in the downtown, and, and it's wonderful to see the downtown revival. 
But again, it's a question of whether whether was this really the best way to spend the public money, given that there are so many other needs in the city. All right. Hey, um, Stefan, this has been a real treat for me because, uh, as I mentioned before, I, I love that book. And it's uh, one that I kind of go back to uh, every now and again because of some of the things inside of it. And uh, thanks so much for spending the time with us this morning. That's Stefan Szymanski. He is co-author of Soccernomics, several other books talking about the stadium conversation. That we're, again, having here in western New York because of, well, a very vague statement that was put out by the Buffalo Bills yesterday, basically confirming that they're talking about the talks that are set to happen uh, on a new stadium. But that is my, um, and you heard it from the man himself, it is one of my favorite views now because, listen, I am not going to hold a grudge on anybody who doesn't like the idea and stands firm against the idea of using public money for a private stadium, especially when the people who are going to use the stadium have more than enough money to build it themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, in if you look at it that way, it's hard to argue for any you know rationale in using any public money, much less a 50-50 split, to build a new stadium. But, I, I mean, like I said, nothing is black and white, right? If you turn your head a little bit, look at it from a different angle. There is that, that there's not many things that the government spends money on that is going to impact the happiness of a lot of people. And I, this is one of them. So it is an argument that I am, uh, I'm very open to hearing more of. Yeah. You know, and, uh, there's a lot of stuff the government spends money on that we never see the effects of. And I think a lot of people listening to us will at least go to a new stadium. They will at least go to the arena after there's improvements I, done. Then I'll never, I'm sorry to bust you up, but before I for, forget about it, I, I, the mom, moment that this kind of turned for me was the first time that I, um, and it's not even, by the way, when we're talking about public money for a stadium, we're pretty much talking about state. Uh, money. This right. is from the state budget, even though the county gets so much of the attention when you know negotiating the lease and things like that. I mean, the money for a new stadium would come from the state, not the county. But it was when I was covering one of the county's budget uh, releases. You know, here's the budget proposal, and then I'm looking at this, you know, huge stack of papers that they slapped down. Here it is. Here's the budget, and I think it took me ten seconds to uh, look at this and say, what, this huge thing, this is the budget. I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I feel like we might be able to build a stadium. Yeah. I, you know, I'm looking at this huge thing. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there. I, you know. It's a lot of stuff I never heard of in I, this bill. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like there's, there might be room somewhere. Um, and that's, you know, when my uh, brain started to think a little bit on the other way. But uh, like I said, there are uh, many different ways to look at it. There are many different ways. And I understand, you know, an NFL team, people in Buffalo, we see the other stadiums. We go visit the other stadiums and say, wow, that would be really nice to have. Uh, and, you know. I'm not anti-new stadium, Brian. I'm all about, you know, Buffalo being on the up and up and, up and everything. But there's just something about, and maybe this is just me uh, not being able to break away. There is something about the stadium in Orchard Park that other NFL stadiums don't have. I, I uh, You said you're not, you know, anti-new stadium. I think I might be. There it uh, is. When I really uh, think about the entire situation. Because, I, in my opinion, if I... if you ask me, and people do. This is something that people will, it, even when there isn't this statement put out, 
it is something that people like to talk about all the time is, you know, hey, do you think they're ever going to put a stadium downtown? Like, hey, do you think they're going to build a new stadium? Are they going to stay at uh, uh, Highmark Stadium now? It's not the Ralph. It's not Rich Stadium anymore. It's not Bill Stadium. It's not New Era Field. It's, you know, it takes me a while now to think of the name. Um, that's how you know you're getting older, by the way, is when you have trouble thinking of the name of the stadium. Yes. That's that's one of the signs, I think, that I'm getting when older. When you pay a life for all the names. I um, And whenever somebody asks me that, I always have to say, I'm like, listen, I, if I had to make the decision right here, I wouldn't change a thing with the stadium. Yes. I like old stadiums. I like the character that it has. I mean, where it's a little bit different. It doesn't all look, and you know, some of the new stadiums have their own. They don't all look the same anymore, especially when we're talking about football and hockey arena is a little bit different. But I, the location works. For all I care, if there's a crack in the concrete, throw some Gorilla Glue in there. Yes. See if that works out. I like the bleachers. You're not building a new stadium that's going to have bleachers. No. I like that there's that. I like that you're standing up. I like that you can bang on the bleachers. I like that there's people standing on the bleachers. I like all of it. If you were to ask me, I wouldn't change a single thing because I, I just I love it. I think it's perfect right now. You move that stadium, and I know we're up against a break. You move that stadium downtown, you're taking away from what is a Buffalo Bills game day experience. I don't care where you put it downtown. You're not going to get the exact same experience as right. you get in Orchard Park. That being said? I'm also not for a dome stadium. If you put a stadium downtown, I'm, not, I'm here to listen to it. I, you know, I don't hate the idea. I, I if you were to ask me my preferred, I, I like everything the way it is, but... Hey, I'm here to listen. I, I don't mind that idea downtown either. I, I think there's a lot more complications uh, when you talk about a downtown stadium because it wouldn't just be building a stadium. There's a lot of things downtown would need to accommodate a 70,000-seat stadium. Yeah. Um, if you're on hold right now, please stay with us. We're taking your calls, 803-0930. Your text messages too, on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Uh, what do you think about this? And on that other point that was mentioned in, uh, I think it's the most important part of that statement from the bills yesterday was the arena it's 928 you're listening to beamaz and beamer on wben we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. Stadium talk here on Beamaz and Beamer. And uh, Brian, we continued the conversation even during the break. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that I think a lot of people are passionate about. There's so many ideas that are out there. And it was uh, brought up again uh, by the Bills yesterday, releasing a statement saying these talks are ongoing. In fact, they had a discussion. I, I mean, no details, a discussion about a discussion Yes. Uh, yesterday with the state and the county. Uh, before we get in too deep, I do want to, because I've been waiting on hold for a little while, and unfortunately, can you see the name? Yeah, Ed on a cell. Ed, good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing good. What's on your mind? Uh, first of all, I don't get to hear your show very much because it worked, but when I do listen, you guys are doing well, and uh, hopefully... Uh, continue on so i appreciate it ed what do you think of uh, the new stadium plans a do you think there needs to be a new stadium uh personally i live in i i'm not a bills fan by trade i live in hamburg i'm five miles from the stadium um i don't see a problem with it i've been to multiple games there and hockey um like i was saying there you know before uh if they're going to do something coincide with cuomo's pumping money into Niagara Falls. If you're going to move the stadium, you might as well, you know, uh, you know, help out Niagara Falls maybe, you know, build something up there, even move the hockey. You know, you're going to build a hockey arena, eventually build that up there because you get, a, you know, a lot of Canadian people coming over and, and uh, uh, it, would, it would definitely be a, a big shot in the arm to that area. You know, downtown is too congested in my feelings, you know, and most cities are like that. that uh, it's just, it's too much. All right. Uh, Ed, hey, appreciate the line, and thank you for the call. I'm, uh, you know what, Niagara Falls, they um, they start with a leg up. You know why? Because they have the falls. Niagara yes. Falls there. And that should be the uh, – let's work on uh, maximizing Niagara Falls before we just uh, start throwing everything else. Let's not take like things away from Buffalo. There. Yeah. Um, uh, but there is that argument of congestion downtown. If you were going to move this downtown um, – I, you know, depending on where you put it and what transit options you give there, that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, no. With congestion in the area. Uh, who knows what – and we're talking years into the future. We are talking I – mean, Who knows what's going to be there when it comes to either the metro – I, I personally would love the idea of being able to take the train down yeah. to a, a game. Um, I, you know, there's this – notion that you're going to have this like huge traffic jam leaving the state it doesn't have to it doesn't have be to, the case but that is the case right now and i understand it's years down the road we are also talking about a city that spent 20 years talking about bass pro shop that never happened yeah. so if we're going to talk about expanding the roads which would have to be done if you put the stadium downtown expanding the metro rail and not just expanding it to the stadium that will be downtown uh, the metro rail has to go further than south campus of UB. <laughs> you know, th- there are fans that don't live in Amherst and the city of Buffalo that want to go see the Bills. Yeah. So, your focus, if you're focusing on downtown, and I'm we not have, against that. We have that. to uh, figure would, out how how many birds are going to fly into those lights. We do need another. We do need another five million dollar environmental study, which was supposed to be done on the metro rail, Brian. That could be a, a whole nother show. Uh, but if you're going to put it downtown, there are so many questions. There are more questions right now than answers. If you want to put a stadium downtown, right? You're right. We have years to work on traffic. But if you look at the current downtown infrastructure, it's tough to get people out of an arena event. And the Sabers haven't sold out games in the last few years, and it's still difficult to leave downtown after those 
those games. That's with the Metro Rail being uh, congested, being crowded. Uh, you have to answer that. You look at Orchard Park, and someone texted in, there's nothing in Orchard Park. That's the point. Where the stadium is, there's nothing around it. You have nothing but parking lots to tailgate, to have what we call, what we take pride in, Buffalo tailgates. And another texter said there's no hotels in the South Towns. You have three hotels, literally two exits away from the stadium. And then you get to the stadium, you get to Abbott Road, you get to Southwestern, you have hotels a mile or two down the road. So there are plenty of hotels in the South Towns within 15 minutes, I'd say within 10 minutes of, what's it called now? High Highmark Stadium? Highmark Stadium. Oh. I, there's, yeah, there is, I think, a very good, <laughs> to me, it's the best argument. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the one that's going to be listened to um, or if it will be the loudest voice in the room where these discussions are being held. But the fan sentiment and people I know and I talk to like the stadium for what it is, yes. like Orchard Park, like, um, you know, some of the warts involved in the stadium, um, you know, no problem with the bleachers, no problem with the sight lines or anything else, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a problem with the uh, cold in the I mean, it's still hard to get people to go to a game in November and December. Uh, which is one thing that I think would be different if you did build a new stadium, but it's it that is I think the uh, one of if you're gonna make a list of okay reasons to stay where you are and not build a new stadium, I think top of the list has to be uh, fan opinion. I just don't really think is there yet. I there's not like a clamoring. There's interest in it. I think a lot of people are. Of this mindset, and and I might fall into the same way. There's interest in it. I mean, if you built a downtown stadium, I would go. I think it would be really cool to have, but I don't need it. I like where everything is just fine, and that should be taken into consideration. Is the people who actually go to these events, well, what do they think about it? I mean, are there huge complaints? And if you're looking at that factor, the issue isn't the stadium, right? The issue is two words that were in the statement that were released yesterday is independent study the organization conducted with regards to future stadium and arena projects in Western New York. And I think if you were to poll fans who go to Bills and Sabres games, go to events at both the stadium and the arena for a very long time now, I mean, the number one thing that has to change has not been the stadium in Orchard Park. It's been the arena downtown right? and what that is like, uh, not just, uh, I mean, the seats and everything like that get thrown into this, but just the general feel of the arena is not at par with kind of what you expect from that event anymore. And the thing is, even if looking around, like I've been to some of the old arenas, we talked to um, our guest, uh, Stefan Szymanski, in the first half hour, he's from Detroit. I mean, the Joe Louis Arena had that, you know, charm to it, had a feel. You know, I've been to the uh, old Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, uh, the Igloo. The, I mean, it had a completely different look. It was a different feel. It was kind of cool the way everything was. I, I mean, the arena downtown right now feels old without yeah. the charm. You know, there's no, like, uh, charming aspect of it that you can point to and say, oh, I, you know, I really love, like, this or this. 
No, I mean the in, you watch it on TV. It looks like any other arena. It's but very when generic. you're there in person, I mean that's the thing that I think most fans that I talk to say. That's what needs serious work. Yeah, the arena, very generic when you're there. Uh, I've had, you know, you, you talk about people complaining when there's concerts at the arena. I can't tell you the amount of times there's an issue with not the chair I'm sitting in or a chair someone's sitting in. Uh, and it's just outdated looking. I mean, you, you walk in, you feel like you're in the 90s. I mean, you feel like you're in the mid-90s when the, the arena was built. They're really, it still just has that old, generic 90s feel. And when we're talking about the Bill Stadium, it isn't the fans that are mentioning a new stadium. Yeah. It's Roger Goodell. It's the league. The study that, that the, the Bills were following up on yesterday started in 2018 with Roger Goodell saying, if the, Buff- if the Bills want a long-term future in Buffalo, it starts with a new stadium. That's not fans. Yeah. That is Roger Goodell. Well, it's, it shows the disconnect, right, between uh, the league and the city and you know what the league kind of views its clubs as and what the city is, right? right? I-, I mean, the league's idea is, okay, if you build a new stadium, you can charge a bunch more money for tickets and you can have a bunch of new suites in the end zone, in the in middle of the stadium, at the top of the stadium, and get a bunch of new corporate partners to buy suites for every single game. And I I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, that if you build a new uh, stadium, all of a sudden you're going to have, uh, you know, hand over fist more money coming in from people who want to spend more per ticket and go to. And, you know, tickets now, one of the beauty of the Bills games is even though the prices do go up, extremely reasonable compared to any other. I mean, I'm looking at it now. I'm trying to buy tickets to go see the Bills in New Orleans and looking at other cities. Uh, They're very expensive, and that's kind of what the uh, league is at now. We've been able to keep that price down. The fans love it like that, but that's not what the league wants to see. No, the league wants a new stadium with PSLs. I mean, you look at all these stadiums, you not only have your season ticket, you have to buy a license to be able to buy a seat for a season. Uh, You know, on the uh, arena, you were mentioning the looks of it, and to me it It, goes uh, so much further than the look. Um, When you're talking about an arena project, it's – how this differs from the stadium to me is okay you can say the stadium kind of looks old you know maybe it doesn't have all the amenities but they've done a lot i think in the re uh, construction of that arena, uh, stadium that they had uh, you know maybe 5 6 years ago yeah, I mean, uh, when they did that the extra space you have it, during halftime you half have time? extra space i with the arena there are very practical considerations into this and i think about it's hard to notice because how many games have been packed to the end for the sabers in the last five years not a ton but when that does happen i go back to a couple of years ago when they won 10 games in a row and i was at uh, the 10th game i was in the last row of the 300s for that 10th game in a row it was a great time when overtime which means everyone was there until the very end of the game right and then everyone left it took over half an hour to get from the aisle heading into the concourse of the top level to not the car to down in the atrium to start to get out of the stadium that half an hour to you know navigate that tiny little hallway up on the upper deck to get from up top to all the way down low that's an issue that needs addressing and needs it you know relatively quickly 
when we look at the stadium, you know, oh, well, it would be nice to have some more cup holders or something like that. You know, whatever. Right. Um, that is, you know, something that's going to take you that long to get from the top down to the bottom. That's one of those things that you need to look at and say, wow, what's going on here? We need to rethink some of this stuff. And then uh, on top of that, it's all the things that you were mentioning of uh, the look of it is outdated there. It, it's not a very warm and inviting place. I mean, the seats need rehab. Uh, that's been documented quite a bit. Um, you know, the amenities aren't really at par with right. what you see around the league and in other stadiums. And that, you know, that kind of hurts uh, not just the fan experience, but I'm sure it does hurt a little bit. It, people wanting to bring their event, whatever it is, to the area. Yeah, you know, the arena was really nice in 96, but if you still have something from 96 that you've done very little with, except for maybe paint the walls, it, it's not as nice anymore. And, that, and that's that's not a dig at 96. I'm just saying, the arena was very nice when it was first built. Uh, they haven't done anything to make it any more than what it was. And it's simple things, too. We, we talk about, you know, the, the, the outdated seats, which to me, the Buffalo Bisons just got brand new seats in their entire mm. stadium. The, the arena's holding on to seats that they still have from 96. Yeah. No, I, the still problem have Dominic with, Hasek on the side of it. I, I don't think it's a Buffalo. Uh, it's not Hasek, by the way, because he's wearing a goalie mask. Ah, sorry. Sorry. You my know, bad. I just, I've, I've always generic that. goalie that was there in yeah. 96. Um, no, the, I think it's not just a Buffalo problem. I think it's a problem with facilities built in that time frame that, like I mentioned, you don't have the quirks and the charm. And those defining characteristics of, you know, much older stadiums, you know, something that was built in the 50s right. or 60s or even, you know, maybe even 70s, but a long time ago that kind of had these unique characteristics. You turned on the TV, you knew exactly where this game was being played because of some of those things. I mean, think of the odd. Everyone, you know, yep. loves their memories of the odd and how it was stacked up, the different colored seats and, you know, how it was a, it was a very unique building to Buffalo. So you... Everyone got rid of that in the 90s, um, and then things just weren't quite as nice. So now, going into 2022, uh, which will be or you know later 2021, the next time you see them on the ice, you have a stadium that doesn't have unique characteristics, which now are being brought back in new arenas that are being built. With uh, you know, you look at some of these new places we mentioned, Detroit. You look at the arena in Pittsburgh that was not too old. I mean, they're very cool atrium settings there's cool things you walk around the concourse you can see the action on the ice you you look at all these cool new features that set it apart from some of the different stadiums in cleveland they've got the luxury boxes down low yeah because it's mostly basketball and it's uh, looks a lot different than some of the other venues you don't have that the new uh, kind of look you don't have the old charm you're left somewhere in the middle where all of a sudden you're old and Kind of a little generic. It's a lot like these stadiums. Arenas built in the 90s are a lot like the stadiums uh, that were built in the 70s and 80s that were baseball and football, and they all had that cookie-cutter shape. Like if you showed me Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh Stadium, Mm. it looked the exact same. That's what arenas in the 90s remind me of. They're they're all very generic. You go to, I don't know what it's called now. It used to be called the RBC Center in Raleigh, North Carolina. That arena, if you took a shot from the top, it's cool. You could mis- you could mistake that for the one downtown. Tell you what I like about that arena that, that? we don't have. It's a low roof. You sit in the upper deck of that arena. <laughs> I I think you could reach up and you don't have to be a tall guy. I think you could reach up and touch the roof. And now there's a reason they call it the loudest house 
in uh, the NHL. It's got nowhere to go. I, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that roof plays a factor. It's a low roof. I mean, even if there's only 12,000 in there, that place gets very loud, and it's cool to see. Also a fun tailgating spot because it's connected to the stadium for NC State. But if you just look at that state, that arena, it does have a lot of characteristics of arenas built in the 90s. Yeah. So it, it, Concourse, nothing to, uh, you know. Right, right home about right. It's so, nothing uh, special. You could say, "Oh, I'm at the I'm at the arena in Buffalo." Mm-hmm. It's nothing overly special, but inside the domed area, because it's a college basketball. Let me ask you this, Brian. So we ha- we're talking arena, we're talking stadium. We've got both of them on the table. Say this would never happen. So this is just a fantasy world. <laughs> say they decide to replace both. Would you? Th- do you think that would be a combined arena stadium, same lot like in Pittsburgh? I'm sorry, like in Philadelphia. Um, I, I share never, a parking lot. I never like that. I don't. I think that's just too much real estate in one area to plop down. You know, two things that, if we're being honest, are most nights not going to be in use. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, just to have this big, huge block of. I never really like that. I never like the overhead of uh, shot, and you kind of see. All right, this is just a big stadium. It's just a big lot right in the middle of the city. I, I never kind of like that. I, I think if you were to Listen, I, you don't need a brand new stadium. I mean, it's not terribly old. It's less than 30 years old, or arena, excuse me. It's less than 30 years old. You could do some up. I mean, there would have to be significant upgrades and maybe structural upgrades, but yes. you can work around that and keep it where it is. It's in a perfect position right by the water, right next to the attached Harbor Center now. I mean, it's this big complex. It, it is what it is, but going back to the you know, original uh, focus of the conversation. If you were to ask people who go to both games and the stadium gets all the love every time it's brought up, but for people who are there, I think most would say it's the arena that needs the upgrades, the arena that needs the attention before the football stadium does because – I do think most people like the football stadium just fine. Even if you'd like to see it downtown, even if you have no problem in uh, spending the money to build a new stadium or uh, you know completely rehab what's there, I think most people would say, "Hey, I like this just fine." Uh, it's all when you talk about the Bills, and maybe the Bills, maybe this is a benefit the stadium has. When you talk about the Bills, it's the experience of a game day, right? Mm-hmm. Going to tailgate and then going to the game. You go, you go. I mean, unless you live down uh, in Hamburg, like uh, one caller previously did, or you yeah, live right in that Orchard Park area, you're traveling yes. to the state. That's part of it. I, I think. And maybe this isn't fair to the arena or fair to the Sabers, but it's it's not a game, it's not a whole day experience like it is the stadium. And people want just a little more when they're walking into an arena. I think that's true in Buffalo. I think that's true throughout the country. When you're going to an arena, you need more entertainment. When you're going to a Bills game, the entertainment's at your car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the entertainment's before the game, and then with the way the Bills playing, obviously, uh, that's added when you walk into the stadium. I mean, we're not going to have time to really get into it because uh, the show's almost over. But then, you know, it brings in the next questions. And what's big question number two? It's uh, all right. Say we decide a new stadium is going to be built. Is it covered up or is it open air? And I'm uh, I'm big team cover it up. I don't I'm care big if team that's open air. <laughs> I don't care if that's a complete roof on the stadium. Or, you know, I, I know uh, in Miami they've gone, kind of gone uh, European style, Very which nice. is uh, covered up everything but the field. So if it's raining or snowing, you'll see it on the field, but all the fans are covered and uh, a little bit warmer there. I like to cover it up because 
I it came to me it was the big snow game, right? Bills and Colts a couple years ago. Fun game. I never would have ever imagined that you would tell me the Bills were in contention for the playoffs that late <laughs> in the year um, that I would turn down tickets. But I think I turned down three separate opportunities to go to that game just because, hey, I, I don't want to sit in the cold yeah. for four hours. I have no interest in doing that. It's kind of miserable I remember uh, that game. when you bring in the weather. I had an empty seat next to me because yeah. no, no one wanted to go. You were, yeah, oh, you were, you were one of them. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I, I just – and you look at those games later in the year. I mean, last year, I would have loved to have seen what it would have been like last year. I think last year there – you, you might have been able to pack the place later in the year. We did have nice weather for pretty much all the home games. But generally speaking, those games are not well attended, and it's not really because of the team as much as it is the weather, in my opinion. Now, I'm, you probably you probably are indifferent to this, but would you want a permanent roof like Minnesota, the glass roof, or a retractable roof? Why would you retract it? If you have the roof on, why would you ever retract it? Let me answer that. We're in Buffalo. Say you get a big-time summer concert to come to the stadium. People want to be outside. Go outside before and after. I, what, I just, I, if you're building a roof in Buffalo, you're going to keep that thing on 100% of the and time. And that's why it should be open air. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thank you. If you build a new stadium, uh, make sure I can wear a T-shirt inside of it. That's uh, kind of where I am on this. Hey, uh, it's been fun, and let me tell you, this is only the start of the conversation because, like we said at the beginning, uh, very vague. There there wasn't much yes. to it to bring it back up into the news. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Beam as and Beamer. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.